Chapter sixty two of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter sixty two. Their Dear Ones in Danger. As the sergeant conjectured, Colonel Walwyn was in his quarters eustace trevor his almost constant companion along with him the ever active governor of gloucester was absent on another of his many expeditions and had left colonel broughton in chief command of the garrison sir richard commanding its cavalry force with a separate jurisdiction the duties of the day over with all guards stationed for the night he with his young troop captain having just completed the grand rounds had returned to quarters and taken seat by a brisk wood fire the night as already said being chill hubert was bustling about in attendance upon him for though a gaudy trumpeter he took delight in serving his revered colonel in every possible capacity there was nothing menial in waiting upon such a master so thought the faithful henchman he had uncorked a bottle of claret and placed it on the table between them which they proceeded to discuss as they reviewed the events of the day the night was no anchorite neither the sea deviant gentleman usher both accustomed to take their wine in a moderate way and both habitually cheerful save when some reverse of arms gave reason for their being otherwise such there was now or lately had been that of monmouth still in their minds sir richard regretted not having been himself charged to keep the place he had been chiefly instrumental in capturing had it been so the enemy would not so easily have retaken it that he might think or say without any self-conceit for in the most blundering manner had major throgmorton left in temporary command managed its defence in truth making no defence at all but allowing the royalists to re-enter almost without striking blow the affair was truly farcical however serious for the parliament its county committee was at the time in session decreeing fines and secret stations against the monmouthshire malignants when all at once confronted by the very men with whose estates and chattels they were playing at confiscation these armed and angrily vociferating surrender you are our prisoners never were judicial deliberations brought to a more abrupt ending never transfer of authority more ludiciously sudden though it was aught but a jesting matter to the dispossessed ones who from a comfortable council chamber were instantly hurried off to the cells of a dismal jail of course the cavaliers made fun over the affair while reversely their adversaries were chagrined and humiliated by it few grieved over the event in a greater degree than colonel walwyn and captain eustace trevor for they had special reasons i only wish 
i'd known of that danger when we got massey's order to march hither observed the former as they sat sipping their wine what would you have done sir richard disobeyed it and marched our men in opposite direction to monmouth ah true a pity you didn't it might have been the saving of the place no use lamenting the disaster now it's done would that the taking of the town were all you and i trevor had concern about unfortunately it isn't what madness leaving the girls at hollymead absolute insanity it was i thought so at the time as did vega sabrina too everybody but powell himself he couldn't be convinced there was any danger and i still hope there may not be but who knows what the upshot now i tremble to think of it it's to be regretted we didn't more press him to come away with us oh that would have been of no use i did urge it on him far as i could becomingly but he had one of his obstinate pig-headed fits upon him that day and would listen to no reason it's not pleasant having to speak so of him whom we both look forward to as our future father-in-law but when he's in that frame of mind heaven and earth wouldn't move him nor the devil frighten him either you remember how he braved lunsford and that precious cousin of yours when they came to collect the king's loan true he had us and something besides at his back but without that he'd have defied them all the same i had the whole royalist army been there threatening him with instant death then i fully believe yet one cannot help admiring his independence of spirit so much of manhood in it and so rare ay true but in that case too much recklessness it has begot danger and may bring disaster upon all of us if it hasn't already the last words spoken in a grave almost despondent tone fell unpleasantly on the ear of eustace trevor already sufficiently apprehensive of the thing hinted at in what way colonel he queried anxiously are you thinking of any special danger i am indeed and to our dear ones but how from what whom rather ask from where and i'll answer monmouth now that the royalists are masters there almost for certain they'll be raiding up into the forest and likely too likely a party pay visit to hollymead that is you know trevor for danger enough for those we have fears for but now that their father has gone to fetch them away he should be there long before this and long before this may be too late just what i'm most anxious about the time of his arrival at hollymead for i know he won't stay there an instant poor man he's sadly repentant of his imprudent act and will make all haste to bring them back with him the fear is of the flood having delayed him too long at starting my fear good heavens exclaimed the young officer let us hope not if massey were here continued the other a thought striking him i'd ask leave to go after him 
indeed i feel half inclined to take it without asking and why not colonel we could be at rardine and back before morning riding at a pace sir richard was silent seeming to ponder only for a few seconds when as if resolved he sprang to his feet saying i'll risk it whatever the result and we shall start at once taking our own fellows along with us hubert quick as the call came the trumpeter from aft ante-room where he had stayed in waiting to receive the order to the men's quarters and sound the assembly lose not a moment and not a moment lost the trumpeter knowing that when colonel walwyn gave an order in such excited strain it meant promptest obedience snatching up his trumpet as he hurried out to the ante-room he was in the street in an instant hurrying towards the cavalry quarters end of chapter sixty two recording by john brandon